part of a bigger picture. And that's what kids in Haiti want that too. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for letting me talk yeah. about Haiti. Thank you, Christy. We really appreciate it. Let's give another round of applause for Christy. Yeah, I, I just think it's so important to sometimes hear about um, just how God is working outside of Cedar Falls, outside of Iowa, um, because we, we take a lot of things for granted. We take the churches we go to for granted, the schools, our government, everything like that, um, and it's just so cool um, to hear about how God has been working in Haiti. So... Christy basically gave my whole teaching for me about stillness and resting and finding Sabbath time. So um, it's going to be a lot of recap about what she just kind of said about it. But I just wanted to start by saying, um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Ben Feenup. Uh, I'm on staff at Orchard Hill Church um, for high school ministry. And so this high school ministry is Big House, and we uh, are a partnership between Orchard Hill Church, Nazareth Lutheran Church, in case you didn't know. Um this tonight is all about the culmination of our series, our, uh, the last three weeks. So we're in the Breathing Room series. Um, two weeks ago, Nikki talked about confession, and she talked about how confession to God is really bringing our sin out of the darkness and then dragging it into the light. And we can find freedom, spiritual freedom in that. And she also talked about confession to people confessing your sins and um, the ways that you have hurt people to other people to um, restore relationships um, and take down walls. Both parts of confession to God and to people are important to ultimately find this breathing room, this rest that we all desperately need. And last week, uh, Ron Gruber talked about forgiveness. Um, Ron talked about how he had to accept forgiveness from God for the things that he had done in his life, um, work on forgiving himself, forgiving other people, and also accepting forgiveness from other people. Um, and Ron found breathing room literally when he felt the weight lifted off of his chest, when he felt God's forgiveness, and also um, when he found forgiveness from others and gave forgiveness to others. So tonight I'm talking about Sabbath and stillness and rest and what that really means. I have four questions that I'm gonna be going through and answering and there's some scripture that go along with each. Um, and I hope that you can walk away tonight um, connecting confession, connecting forgiveness, and ultimately it leading to having the ability to find this true Sabbath rest, which Christy said you only find when you um, are focusing on who God is and what he has done. <clears throat> so my first question is what is Sabbath? I've been saying the word a lot. We've been saying the word a lot, and a lot of you are probably like, I've never heard of Sabbath. So Sabbath, um, it comes from a, a Hebrew word, um, and basically all the Sabbath is, is it was the seventh day of the week, the last day of the week. How many people think the last day of the week is Sunday? Raise your hand. Okay. How many people think the last day of the week is Saturday? Okay. I... I see Sunday as the last day of the week. I could go either way. But to the Jewish people, uh, historically, the last day of the week, the Sabbath day was on Saturday. 
So from sunup to sundown on Saturday, no one was able to do any kind of work at all. Um, that includes like cooking. I took a, a class in college that talked about the Old Testament and they would say like, you would cook on Friday all the meals on sa for Saturday because you weren't even allowed to cook. Um, and this was like, uh, it was like religious law, but it was also enforced by like their version of the police or the government. Everybody had to rest on, um, on Saturday. I have some friends uh, who grew up in Pella, which uh, is a small town in Iowa, and people were not allowed to mow the lawn on Sunday because they felt so strongly that we, they had to follow the Sabbath as well. Um, <clears throat> and here's a couple scripture passages that, that uh, just kind of encompass what Sabbath is. So, thus the heavens and earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So God, the Father, the creator of the world, modeled Sabbath. He modeled rest. God doesn't need to rest. God didn't need to rest, but God knew that we would need to rest, and so he modeled it for us. He modeled what it looked like to rest, because we, as humans, would need it. I have another scripture, Exodus 20. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall, do no, you shall not do any work. Basically just saying this is what they practiced and what they believed. Nobody was going to work on the, the Sabbath day. Nobody was going to do anything out of respect for God and out of respect for uh, the way that he modeled Sabbath. So, my next question. How did people in the Bible practice Sabbath, specifically the Old Testament? Um, people made a lot of rules about the Sabbath. They talked about how exactly the things that you could and couldn't do. They made a rule that you could only walk a certain number of steps, and you could only travel a certain distance which was really restricting, like, like I said, you couldn't cook, you couldn't work. Um, but people made up loopholes to get around these rules. So they would travel the certain distance and then they would stop and they would pull up a tent and they would sit down for 10, 15 minutes and then they would get up and then they would continue on their journey and they would walk the distance that they were allowed to walk for the day and then they'd stop and set up their tent until they got to where they were going. So people took, uh, took these rules that people tried to enforce um, because they thought they were honoring God and they manipulated them and they didn't really listen to them. Um, and honestly, they were kind of silly rules in the first place because they weren't really getting at the heart of what Sabbath was meant to be. I think I have a couple verses up here. So it says, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath, uh, not walking as far as you want to, um, and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So basically, if you rest, 
and you rest by looking to God, uh, then you will find true rest and you will be restored um, and really be able to do the things that God is calling you to do. That's what the scripture says, but that's not really how it was lived out or practiced in the Old Testament. So I'm going to skip ahead. I think I have one other scripture, but I'm going to skip ahead to how did uh, Jesus uh, and people in the New Testament Sabbath? How did the, after the Old Testament, how did the New Testament um, interpret the rules? And they basically interpreted it the exact same way until Jesus came. And when Jesus came, he talked about being Lord over the Sabbath. Um, And I think that I have a slide for that as well. Yes. So this is um, what happened on a Sabbath day when Jesus uh, was walking and talking with his disciples. So it says, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. So basically, Jesus and his disciples were walking, and the teachers of the law, the people who were trying to keep the law, said, hey, you're breaking the rules that we made up. Uh, You can't do that. And Jesus said, you are so wrong. You don't understand what the Sabbath was intended for. The Sabbath was made to help man, to help people connect with God. Um, Jesus also modeled this uh, by leaving and connecting with God. I have another slide that has some scriptures that are just like, basically Jesus would leave and he would go and be with God and he would pray. And it was a beautiful, beautiful picture of, of the things that we should be doing um, instead of trying to nitpick and uh, create these rules about resting. So my takeaway tonight is going to be an acronym. And the acronym is REST, R-E-S-T. So the first uh, letter, R, stands for recognize. Basically, we need to recognize that we have a need to rest. We have to recognize that we have a need uh, to be with God. And I think that this comes through confession. This comes through forgiveness, understanding that we are not perfect um, and that we can't do it on our own. We have to recognize. The E stands for escape. We have to get out of our normal routine um, and rhythms. We have to put our phones away and down um, and just escape to a place, just like Jesus did, uh, where we can connect with God. And this could be anywhere. I have so many friends who connect with God in nature. They go on walks and they see the creation and the beauty, and that's how they connect with God. Or fishing. Um, I know people who connect with God through poetry or music or, you know, anything really. But we have to escape our normal everyday life and connect with God. And we can do this by, the S stands for slowing down. We slow down we get rid of the distractions, and we just focus on God. And the last letter, T, is thank. We thank God for the amazing work that he did, 
the creation, um, sending his son Jesus, the example that he was for us. We just simply thank God. So, how does Sabbath give us breathing room? How can we practice Sabbath? We can rest. We recognize our need for it, our need for God. We escape and slow down out of our normal routine, and we thank God. I think that when we recognize that we are broken and we need forgiveness, we can't do it our own, we can escape our busyness and our tasks, our worries and fears. We slow down and intentionally connect with God, and then we can just thank God for all that he has done and all that he will do in our lives. Sabbath is just focusing on God and accepting, recognizing the rest that he is giving us um, and honestly the joy and hope that we have when we put our trust in him. Sabbath was modeled by God when he created the earth and it was modeled by Jesus while he walked the earth. Um, And ultimately Sabbath was made for us, us humans, um, to help us in our earthly everyday lives Uh, to be able to handle the stress and anxiety that comes along with it. But most importantly, it was made uh, to help us in our eternal relationship with Jesus and with God. So, will you all pray with me? And then we're going to sing a couple more songs. Uh, Father God, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for Christy um, and the work that you are doing in Haiti, in her life, uh, in John John's life, and at UCI. Uh, God, we just pray for um, the political unrest in Haiti, and we pray that you would um, give them leaders and give them laws and rules that um, can be fair and help people. Um, And God, we just pray that we can take our attention off of ourselves and off of our worries and off of our busyness and just focus on you and look to you. It's all in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.